We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom, to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. Mike DeVito here with nine-year NFL veteran and KC Super Bowl champion Jeff Allen, and we are here to bring you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. We are into week one. No more OTAs, no more mini camps, no more stinking preseason games. Real deal starts this week. The real stuff. Finally, Jeff, we are getting after it. But before we get into it, we got to thank our sponsor, Cookie Society Cookies. Jeff, what do we got? What's new? I know you, you talked to me last time. It's the month of September, so it's almost fall. Not quite yet, but it's fall for Cookie Society. So we have an apple pie cookie. Mm. We have a dunkaroo cookie. We have a frosted oatmeal cookie. Oh. Our typical classics like banana pudding, cookies and cream, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin. The list goes on, man. It's it's unbelievable what my wife puts together in the kitchen, and um, you know, gained a few pounds, you know, since retiring because of oh, her. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, so before we get, what is what is the process like? How do you guys come up with all the different kinds? Like, you guys are so innovative with this. Yeah, thing. yeah. So it's it's so our classic flavors are the typical flavors that you normally think about when you think of cookies, and then our seasonal flavors are, are just based off of seasons and. You know what she's thinking and what she's inspired by at the time. You know, Dunkaroos are something that both of us ate as kids. Um, we were just walking through the grocery aisle, and she's just like, "I wonder if I can make that into a cookie." Um, apple pie. I mean, you that's think what, of fall, that's you think of fall, you think of the holidays, you think of apple pie. That's something that she was like, "You know, let me see if I can make that into a cookie." So she made <clears throat> real apple pie filling with pie crust at the bottom of the cookie. Stuffed it with the pie, <laughs> with the apple pie filling, and, and turned it into a cookie, which is unbelievable. It's kind of indescribable. You have to taste it. I don't so know. Blow you away. I don't know how she. I would like. Who thinks you could turn apple pie into a cookie? Is it next? It's going to be like, hey, we turned a cheeseburger into a cookie. Like, hey, man, we, we pushed the envelope. We we may we may do it. I mean, Andy oh, Reid likes cheeseburgers, so we need to figure <laughs> that one out. <laughs> oh man, check them out. Cookiesociety.com. They ship nationwide. You got to get it. Trust us. We're linemen. We know our cookies. Yes, sir. Cookiesociety.com. Big Jeff, like I said when I started, we're into week one, man. I mean, how, what is it like as a player? You finally get all this stuff out of the way, and now it's the real deal. You go to the facility. There's 53 guys. There's 11 practice squad guys. 
and everybody's all business. There's there's no more cuts. There's no there's no more anything. It's just football. What is, what was this league like for you as a player? Man, it's unbelievable. First off, for for most of the guys in the team, it's like man, I finally did. I made the team. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have made NFL rosters for the first time. There's a lot of guys that you know weren't sure they're were going to make the roster that made the roster. So to finally have that set in stone and to be on that 53 man roster, it's amazing as a as a professional athlete. But heading into week one, it, it's it's a lot of emotion. It's nervousness. Um, I know you had the preseason games, but you, you're not sure what you quite are as a team. Um, it's excitement because it's the first week of the season, and you're able to go out there and put on the show for your fans, especially, you know, starting out at home. Everyone loves good home cooking. So um, that, that's going to be a fun one to start. You're going to smell the barbecue as fans tailgate at Arrowhead, and um, it's just going to be a good atmosphere. So I know all the players are looking forward to it. Yeah, and we'll get into it. I do want to go back to what you said about the rookies that made the team. Yeah. And I remember being an undrafted free agent with the Jets 2007, going through the whole training camp, making it pat to that last cut. And I remember back then, it was Saturday at 6 o'clock. If you didn't get the phone call by 6, you made the team. Yeah. And I remember waiting and waiting, and I'm hanging out with my dad, and we're in Long Island in New York, and – we're just waiting. It's getting close to six o'clock. Getting close to six o'clock, and I'm, we're finally we're walking through Dick's. And we just ate at the mall. We're walking through Dick's, and I look at the I look at the clock, and it's like six fifteen. And I'm thinking, I didn't get the phone call, Dad. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't get the phone call. Like I think I made the active roster. It's so because so, right, the practice squad guys are going to get caught, and then they're going to get called back on the practice squad to to make the active roster. You couldn't get the phone call. Yeah. I called my agent and even I remember him being surprised. He was like, wait a minute. He's <laughs> at the time. He's like, he's like, hold on, let me call somebody to make sure this case. And then I get the call back at 630 from my agent. He says, You made it. You made the you're gonna be on the active roster. And I just yeah. I was just like up there was four draft picks that year for the Jets. There were I, I like I said before, rookie minicamp, they had like a hundred guys come in, all these priority free agents. And I was the only undrafted guy to make the active roster from the day one. And I just thinking like wow, the the feeling was just incredible. I yeah. mean, it's, it's and and I I bring all this up because back then I had OTAs that were twelve hour days under Eric Mangini, right? So we were going mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, I had eleven days off in the summer. I mean, the OTAs went all the way up to July. I had eleven days, and then the rookies had to be back July eighteenth. I went home like a July eighth. Uh, and then we were back for an early rookie camp. Um, and so I had, you know, I had all this time, then two a days during training camp with pads the whole time. Uh, I had all these different assets. Then now as an older guy, you look back and think that's terrible. But as a young guy, I wouldn't have made the team if I hadn't have had that. And so I think about these, you know, obviously the drafted guys, especially the high round guys, those guys are, are pretty much set to be on the team. Mm -hmm. You start getting fourth, fifth, sixth round, seventh round, then undrafted free agents. Hey, my hat's off to these guys. This Definitely. is incredibly difficult to make an NFL team now as an undrafted guy. I mean, and take away the fact, we'll get into this, that you don't have that fourth preseason game, right? That fourth preseason game, I was I was able to, I got, I had a sack in it, me. I mean, I was able to really show what I had in that game. These guys did not have that whatsoever. So all those undrafted free agents that made the team this year, I can't stress how special that is because that is this is almost impossible. I can guarantee you I would not have made an NFL roster 
if I was an undrafted free agent in 2020, 2021. I mean, it just wasn't happening. It's definitely a disadvantage not having that fourth preseason game, especially for late-round picks and undrafted guys, because that, that's their time to shine. I mean, that's the starters aren't playing. So it's the twos, threes, fours in some cases. You know, they're getting priority in those games. They're getting most of the snaps, and they're able to, you know, put their film out there. That's their resume. Right. And it may not make the club that they're, you know, auditioning for at the moment, but that's opportunities for 31 other teams. And to not have that, that that's tough. So there's going to be a lot of guys that don't get that opportunity, That the Terrell Davises of the world. Yeah. I mean, Hall of Fame running back, he, he made an NFL roster making a play on special teams in the preseason. And right. every NFL coach, they show that every training camp to guys. And, and, you know, maybe he doesn't make a team if it weren't for that play in, in the fourth preseason game. So it's definitely a disservice to them. Um, but, you know, that's the new league. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's scary to think about because you're when you lay it out like that, it's, it's true. There are going to be guys who will never play in a regular season snap in the NFL that could have been future Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, just be crazy to think about. Wow, that's crazy. Well, for those undrafted guys, those guys in the late rounds that got drafted, congratulations from us. I mean, that's just incredible. Uh, you, you brought up how there wasn't that fourth season game. Obviously, that hurts for the rookies. Do you think that made much of a difference for the veteran guys? I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, I think of it like, wow, that's a long break in between the third preseason game and the first game. But then I think about how, you know, the preseason is normally structured, especially for the guys who are going to be there. And it really isn't that much different. I mean, what did you think? Yeah, it's, it's no different. I mean, there's no fourth preseason game for veteran guys that are starters. Right. Anyway, they don't play that fourth preseason game. I'm, you're practicing, you know, from the third preseason game leading up to week one anyway. So right. there's, there's no difference. It's the same approach. Um, it's the same implementation of the game plan. I mean, after week three in the preseason, your, your focus shifts directly to week one of the season. So you're preparing for that week one matchup for two weeks, um, right. which we all know for Andy Reid, that's a huge advantage because he's one of the best coming off of bye weeks. So right. that's why he's so successful week one, because he's the master of disguise. That's why I like to call him all of the tricks he has up his sleeve. And he just, I mean, I was going to do his, I was going to do his sound effects, but I don't want to embarrass myself. But he, just, <laughs> he, he unleashes them. Um, yeah. he's, he's such a, such a beast. Oh man. It's so, it's so true. And, I remember some, you know, the most sore, I think I, one of the times that I was the most sore during the season was after the fourth preseason game. I only played in that game once my rookie year, and then I didn't play in it after that. And standing on the sidelines with my pads on and not playing in that game and just standing there the whole time, watching the young guys do it. I remember the next day being so incredibly sore knees back i was that that so it was like oh man that was the worst standing on a game i dreaded it standing on the sidelines that whole game so i think as a veteran you know it's nice to have that have that uh to not have to worry about but like we said tough for the rookies all right we're into the regular season talk to me about a, a, a work week what is this what is this monday you know starting monday going through to sunday what does this work week look like well, you're starting, you're starting the week out getting a glimpse of your opponent. Um, one, I know for offensive linemen, we're getting a glimpse at our individual opponent, figuring out their different pass rush moves, seeing how they play the run from an individual perspective. Yeah. And then we start to kind of focus on the team. So on like a Tuesday, we come in, we prep for just blitz. So we're looking at their different um, blitz packages on first and second down, for instance. And then, 
you know, we work on that throughout practice. And then the next day, a Wednesday, we come and look at blitz again, but it's only third down blitzes. And we're looking yeah. at their sub and nickel packages. Then we're also looking at maybe red zone or high red zone or something like that or that sort. And the following day, now we're working on, you know, low red zone. We're working on, you know, short yardage. Then you get into fast Friday. That's when we start working on, you know, having fun, getting the body loose. We work on everything we worked on throughout the week. Then you throw goal line in there. Right. And then you just you put everything together. You just want to have a perfect day. And, and that's what leads you into that Saturday, which is just a walkthrough. And then Sunday, it's game on. Game on. Game on. I, you know, I remember Monday I'd go in the first thing, you know, talking the first week, uh, I'd go in and get that iPad loaded up with, all, you know, everything that we needed uh uh run game wise right because that's what i was diving into right away so i'd get that ipad up and then get a workout in and monday would be my big workout right so i'd get a heavy squat get the chains on there hang clean really try to get a good heavy pump in so that i'm feeling good my legs are feeling strong but i'm not too sore towards the end of the week yeah uh, uh where I, you know i can't recover from it so my legs are fresh for sunday but i still got that pump in at the beginning of the week get that leg day in and then I'm at home, and my wife's trying to talk to me, but I'm on that stinking iPad, yes. sorting through all the different runs, right? First down run. Okay, where, where are they? First and 10. First in play, right? First in, in series. Where are they at? What are their tendencies? And I had I used to have this breakdown uh, where you could sort every, all the plays out by personnel, um, formation, down and distance, and then run tendency. And so yep. I know – Okay, on first and 10, uh, if they're in 21 personnel, there's an 85% chance we're going to get, you know, 21 personnel, I near, there's an 85% chance we're going to get power, right? Yeah. And so I would just start memorizing that, right? Okay, second and seven. Okay, they're out there in 12 personnel, both on, chances are we're going to get some sort of outside zone to the blocking tight end, right? So if I see the other guy, you know, whatever the the the, the non-blocking tight end, I know chances are the run's going away from him, going towards the blocking tight end. Yeah. Um, and so I would study that, and that was on my mind all week. Now that's the benefit of of being a two-down defensive lineman, right? My game was so truncated; I didn't have to worry to like I knew if I was in on third down, there were four people hurt. Um, you know, and I just was the last guy standing. Um, <laughs> Uh, so there was all these other things like you were talking about blitz packages and all this other stuff. When I got out to Kansas City, I had been in Rex Ryan's defense forever. I didn't need to study plays. Uh, you know, I would look at what we had going in for the week. I would look at the different variations that, you know, Sutton had come up with. That would happen on Wednesdays. Uh, but I was just run game all the time. And, and I really – one of the things I always took pride in was when – you know, I knew I wasn't going to be the whole, you know, the, the Pro Bowl guy out there, but I always took pride in with when my opponents would say, how do you know what's going on all the time? Like, it seems like you always know what our play is. Uh, and that I always took a lot of pride in that because that's how I set myself apart as a player. I didn't have the, all the athletic ability and all this stuff. I knew if I put myself in the right position, I was strong enough to hold up blocks and let DJ and those guys make plays. Uh, and so I took a lot, and that, that started Monday. And it was just throughout the week studying the run game, studying the run game. Uh, and, and that's why I, I had a lot of trouble, and I think we talked about this. I'm one of those veterans that didn't like the fact that we didn't have pads on uh, at least once a week throughout the whole season. 
Definitely. Oh, uh, I were you like that too? Because well, I was, well, that's just a, a O line D line thing. We have we can't do our job properly if we don't have pads on, and we only know one speed. It's it's either full go, or it's no go. So that's right. It's that's tough right. for us to do our jobs without pads. Um, it's tough to get a good run fit for sure. Oh. And, and and you don't work on any hand place. It's just it's just a tough deal. Right. Um, but I get it. I mean the health the health part of it, but yeah, it's definitely totally. it makes it harder for us to do our jobs. And ladies and gentlemen, take notice. Mike DeVito just broke it down for us. This is the reason why. This is the biggest difference from college football to the NFL. It's not that guys are that much more athletic. No. It's guys are smart. Guys know they know their job. They know what's going on. That's what makes the game that much faster. That, that's what makes techniques so much more important. Leverage all those different things, you know, at the professional level, it makes it that much more important because. Nine times out of ten, you're playing against a guy that's a professional like you, who's studying just like you, who knows for the most part a good probability of what you're doing. Um, and and just like you, I mean, I scripted a lot of my things. I knew down to what you're doing on the left versus the right. Right. I knew that you only spun inside on the right side, and you couldn't do it on the left. I would right. check the different pass rushes, right versus left. I would know down in distance exactly what the defense was bringing blitz rise. I mean, Rex Ryan, he did a lot of different things, but on third and four, he might only might only show two different blitzes. Right. So, right. I mean, if you break it down like that and you know and you're aware during the game, you know the situations, it makes it that much easier and you're a step ahead of your opponent. Oh, and it was very rare that I had a bad game if I really put in the time and effort to study. Like yeah. if I really spent the week studying, uh, nine times out of ten I was going to have a good game. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the weeks that I got caught off track or some other stuff was going on, or maybe we were playing the worst, the thing that always got me, you're playing an opponent that's not as good, right? So you're playing guys that you're not super worried about, that sense of urgency isn't there. That kind of stuff used to kill me. But week one, that's not the case. I mean, you've been studying, you're studying hard. You know this is the first week. Uh, week one plays faster than everything but the playoffs, right? I mean, there's nothing faster than week one in the regular season. And so right. – well, another nod to Andy Reid because I got to give him another shout out because, yeah. I mean, I play for different coaches and a lot of the times guys, coaches are predictable. Mm. Guys like you would come up to the line, you know, the personnel and you call a play out. I mean, remember playing Luke Cleekley when I was in, in Houston and he yeah. literally called every single play. And I was just like, we have no chance. Like he knows exactly what's going on. Right. Um, but when you play for a coach like Andy Reid, you may think, well, you know what's going on. You may call a play, and it's the exact opposite. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what makes him so special, and that's what made our job so much easier as offensive players in this system. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You'd see these tendencies, uh, and these tendencies would come up. And and now during a regular season, this is different on week one, obviously. But usually, you're studying the last four weeks of tape, right? So you're taking your opponent's last four game tapes. And that's what you're going off of for your game. Yeah. And I would see some tendencies and think they have to change this. Like this guy's <laughs> 90% outside zone on second and 10. Like you can't nine out of 10 plays. Like he has to, something's got to change. And I can't tell you how many coaches that that was not the case. I mean, you line yeah. up and that's what you get. Uh, Andy Reid was not, I mean, and I can, I, like I talked about last time, I can testify just from nine on seven how difficult it is. He would give you as a defensive, as a defense, uh, and a defensive front against the run. He would give you everything that you were looking for: uh, the tilt, 
the formation, everything. You, everything you were looking for, you think this is exactly what it is. And you know it has to be this. And then all of a sudden, some crazy thing would happen and all the balls out the other side of the offense, you know, going 100 miles an hour down the field. You just guess, guess what happens next? <laughs> now you start second guessing yourself. And then now you're like, okay, is it this? Is it that? And then you're like, wait, wait, it is that. Yeah. Then, but it's not. And now you're confused. And it's all over. The defense is playing on their heels. They don't have any indicators, and it's awesome. You know what, Jeff? You know what a specific play that a lot of that, that at least when I was playing, not there were there were a number of teams didn't run, and I wasn't sure why that Andy Reid would want run, and that other teams would run at times that messed me up. The trap play. Yeah. Right. This is a play. The second I get a trap, the whole game I'm thinking, ah. I got that stinking trap. <laughs> you're you're playing double teams a little hesitant because you're waiting for it to, to, to split on the pass rush. You're a little bit hesitant. You're thinking, is this some sort of fake? Uh, I just couldn't stand a trap. I mean, but but to, I say that to say it wasn't just a trap. Andy Reid had all kinds of change-ups, right? So it'd be a trap, and then it'd be a reverse, and then you'd get zone, and it would cut backside, and you were just like, I have no idea how to hone in on this. And exactly. I remember telling you guys, I thank God I'm not playing. I'm, I thank God I only had to play you during training camp uh, because I couldn't imagine trying to prepare. And then he would get this was back, you know, this was back when Alex was there, but he'd get in that pistol formation where, you know, the, the quarterback's back and the running back's right behind him, quarterback's shotgun, running back behind him, running back to the side of him. And now yeah, you get awesome. that zone read stuff. Yep. <laughs> Listen, I hope that the Cleveland Browns defensive line or the entire defense is listening to this podcast because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of different looks. I can't tell you what you're going to see. I don't care what film you're watching right now. It's going to be something totally different. So get ready for that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, so that's the week, right? So you get in Monday, you get your you get your your game plan on, you start looking stuff through. Tuesday is the day off. Monday night was always fun because that's when we got together as players. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. families would get together. We'd have family Bible studies. We'd go out to dinner together, right? Because yep. you didn't have nothing Tuesday morning. Tuesday's the day off. Uh, so everybody would go out Monday night and relax. That, that was always fun. And that was sort of the last breath of, of you know, fresh air before Tuesday would come, go in and maybe get a workout, and you'd, you'd relax and get ready. But Tuesday – Around five o'clock, I would eat dinner and then things would change. You know, I was like, all right, I need to get to bed because I need to get up early because mm -hmm. six o'clock I'm going in the lift and then I'm getting ready for Wednesday. Wednesday was first and second down, run stuff. At the beginning of the season, you have the pads on, you have nine on seven to start. Now you're going, you got scout team looks. So every time you line up, you're getting what your opponent is going to play, right? There's no sort of ones versus ones. It's ones versus the scout team. The scout team's giving you what that other team is going to do. And so every rep, you are just, you're honed in. You have to be honed in because you know, I need to know this because this is what I'm going to play on, exactly. on Sunday. And I used to challenge myself Wednesday on nine on seven. I would make sure I'm looking at the formations and do I know what the offense is likely to do? And by that time, I should have known, right? Three days into the week, I should have memorized what they're going to do each down and difference, each back set, each formation, and can I call it out and get ready for it? Um, and so that was my, my first test of the week was, okay, do I know what's going on nine out seven? Mm -hmm. uh, and so then you get through Wednesday, you get into Thursday. Thursday's a third down, third down stuff. What else am I missing? Th Thursday was really exclusively third down, right? Yeah, third down um, on Thursdays. Um, and then 
Yeah, you do red zone, a little bit of red zone. We sprinkle that in, especially on seven, right. seven, yeah. on seven, eight, always work on red zone. Right. Um, and then Friday, Friday, we throw in short yardage, goal line, um, right. kind of like dust some things off to make sure if it was something we missed earlier in the week, a shot play or something that we didn't quite hit, right. we want to iron out some kinks. Um, we work on that on Friday. But for the most part, during the week, I mean, everything is segmented during the week. You have certain, you know, situations each and every day, and there's not many reps. I mean, the starters get a bulk of them, and yeah. within those reps, you're trying to get work done. So you have to make sure as a team you're capitalizing on those opportunities because, I mean, if you're not hitting that play in practice, it's going to get thrown out the game plan. I mean, I don't care how good it looks. Uh, if we aren't executing it, you know, individually as players, then the coaches can't have confidence in it. It's not going to be in the game plan. So right. it's very important for, for both the coaches and the players to go out there and, and get quality work so they can know exactly, you know, what they're doing on game days and, you know, have confidence in it. Right. And, and you know, that reminds me on, on Wednesdays before you even get into practice. I mean, you're getting this massive install, right? Yeah. So you're getting all of these plays. So you get in Wednesday, get your workout in, eat breakfast, team meeting at what, 8, 830. And then nine o'clock, you're right in meeting as an offense and a defense. And you're getting basically the game plan for the week. I know Thursday yeah. you'll put your third down stuff in, and then Friday your short yardage, goal line, red zone stuff. But Wednesday's the big meat of it all. And you know, I always used to be so happy because I'd been in that defense for so long. By the time I got to Kansas City, that you know Wednesday was just hearing it over and over. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, if I was a new guy on this team, <laughs> you know, this is it's tough. a lot. It's you a lot know? to digest. Yeah, and, and Andy Reid's his playbook is really thick. Yeah. Um, and we go through, we go we go into the week with a with a really thick folder, and then we condense it as the week goes on, depending on what we execute. But right. there's a lot on your plate, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you're a professional athlete; it's right. your job. So you have to make sure that you're doing everything in your part. And it's not just what you're doing in the building. I mean, there's only so much you can do while we're together. I mean, we meet, right. we go on the field, we watch film. Um, but when majority of the work is done, especially for the true pros, it's at home. I mean, we spend a lot of time. I mean, we'll get, I mean, I know I got to the facility at around 6.30 a.m. every morning, and I wasn't getting home until, you know, 6.30 or 7 p.m., and I'm still getting home, and I'm watching, you know, two more hours of film. Yeah. And, you know, I would spend time with my family with, you know, right when I get home, you know, get the kids to bed, and then I'm up until 10 p.m. watching a little bit more film, and then I'm right back up at, you know, 5.30, getting in my car at 6 and getting to the stadium again. Right. And it's on repeat for the next six or seven months. Yeah, that's exactly um, Seven days a week. That's um, it. It's definitely a grind, but thankfully it's only for seven months. And then we, we have that off season when we can get a little bit more time for ourselves. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. I mean, I remember on Wednesdays when we'd get home, I'd eat dinner, hang out for a little bit. And then just like you, I was up. And what I would do is look at – the plays we did in practice, right? Because the practice film would have been uploaded by then. Look at the practice plays and then compare them to how the team I was playing ran that play against that front uh, on Sundays, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, if I was, we're playing a team and I, you know, again, first down and I near they're running power and we were in a 46 front. Okay, watch that, how I did, you know, what did I do? What did the play look like? And then compare that to, okay, sort, my my team's the, the the team we're playing's reps, and see how they ran that play against the forty six front, you know, on so, and then compare that. Okay, here's how I'm going to get it. The tackle actually blocks down a little bit harder than my guy did, so I got to take note of that 
can recognize it's probably going to come a little bit differently. Or this is what we're, you know, this, here's a variation that our scout team didn't see that we could see. Um, so, yeah, so those those extra times, you had to maximize those. Uh, and it gets harder. Like, it gets harder you know, yeah. in October, November, December. And, and we'll talk about this as we go, but it gets harder to do that, um, obviously. And then so you get Thursday. Now, Fast Friday, you talked about Fast Friday, right? So you come in, you get through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You got short yardage, goal line, um, that sort of stuff, and then just yeah. putting the finishing touches on the other stuff. It's it's almost like a 10-10-10, right? I mean, we're doing yep. really quick, quick periods. Yeah, quick really team. quick. Yeah, Fridays are really quick. We come in, you know, we get short yardage, goal line, um, you know, a few, a few periods here and there. You know, where we're going against you know the scout team, but it's it's a really quick situational um, practice, and we blow through it. And then when we're done, we're done. We get off the field, we get to go home. Um, unlike any other day throughout the week, um, we don't watch that film for today. Uh, right. We get up on Saturday morning, we watch that early, we get a walkthrough in, and yeah. then we either, you know, head to the flight or, you know, we're heading home for a couple hours before we have to be at the hotel. Yeah. So um, it's just it's just a unique schedule being a professional athlete. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you, it's one of those things that while you're doing it, it seems like a lot, but when you're done, you miss it. <laughs> I'm so fired up right now. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you miss it. You're like, man, that was... It was definitely a, a jam-packed schedule, but it was it was a nice structure. Um, you knew exactly what you were doing, um, and it was consistent. Oh, I miss it. I'm like I'm gonna have to take a Xanax after this because this. <laughs> but here's so here's a key for our for our listeners and for those those Chiefs Kingdom fans out there. Listen to the press conference on Fridays because this is going to give you a good tell about how Sunday is going to play out because the correlation between a good practice on Friday and a good game on Sunday. I mean, it's not one-to-one, but it's it's damn close. Oh, and so you, you, I well, Fridays can be hard for players because you're thinking about how it's fast Friday and you kind of want to just get out there and put in a day and get home. Yeah. But it, if it's not crisp and clean and the coaches are pissed and you're getting yelled at, it, that's bad. You don't want that to be the last thing, thing in your mind before you get into Saturday walkthrough and then Sunday game. So the coaches always stress Friday's got to be crisp, fast, perfect. Treat it like it's Wednesday, right? Yep. And when it's done, it's done. Uh, and so that's key. Listen to those press conferences because what gets me nervous is whenever you hear a coach on Friday, coach, how'd everything go? Uh, and and you hear, ah, you know, we didn't have a great Friday practice. We need to get, you know, we need to get better. That that's, that's not bad. good. That's bad news. I'd I'd rather sacrifice a bad day on Wednesday and Thursday and have Friday be good than the opposite. Uh, yeah. You got to get Friday down. Uh, so yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Right? Am I right, Jeff? I mean, that's how. No, you're, de- you're you're definitely right. I, that's one of those things where you want to be perfect. Um, yeah. The plays are scripted. You've went through it throughout the week, you know, a couple of times. So Friday's the day where you want to see everything executed at a high level. Yeah. You want to make sure receivers are running nice routes. You want to make sure protection is in the right place. Make sure we have the right fits on defense. Yeah, all of those things. Coverages are lined up the right way. Everyone knows their assignment. Like that's what Friday is about. It's not physical. I know we're out there running around, but it's more of a mental day. It's 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 a dress rehearsal. Right. Um, you're out there putting everything up, putting everything up on film, letting the coaches see that they're ready for the real deal on Sunday. Yes, exactly. No, that's exactly right. And so you get into Friday, going to the weekend. We'll do. Let's do. Uh, uh, pre-game routines next week. I, I think yeah. that I want to spend some time on that. We have to talk about one thing I do want to talk about before we close is 
you think about um, uh, going into this first game, and somebody asked me, do you prefer being on the road or being at home? And I was going to say I like getting out and being on the road. I feel like being on the road gives an extra element of seriousness. You take away some of the distractions, right? So when you're at home, you go in on Sunday you do or Saturday, you do your walkthrough, and then you go home until about 4 or 5 o'clock when you drive to the, to the hotel for the nights, the pregame stuff, uh, which is great. But I always liked on the first game being away because after your walkthrough on Saturdays when you're traveling, then you get on the plane and go. Yeah. So you're eliminating all distractions. It's like, okay, time to zone in and get ready. Now, that's normally how I feel. But this Chiefs team this year with sort of the one, and I'll put question mark, not the question mark, but the one sort of thing everybody's looking at is the gelling of the offensive line. Yes. I think this is a perfect time to have the first game be at home because – for that offense, right? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you as far as the eliminating distractions and everything on the road. But for an offense, the ultimate distra- distraction is crowd noise, and you get a ton of that on the road. So being at home is a benefit, especially for this O-line. They're going to be able to hear Patrick's voice. They're going to hear Cadence. And right. they're going to be able to be, you know, getting off the ball and snap. And that's going to be huge against these pass rushers. You got Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. You got a host of other guys that can really rush the passer. So it's going to be important that they're, they're, they're using the, you know, the cadence to their advantage. Patrick is using the hard counts, you know, keeping them on their toes. Um, and it's going to be a test. I mean, Cleveland's obviously you know, a very good football team, has a great defense, great front seven. And this is their first test. I mean, on paper, they look like one of the best O-lines in Andy Reid era, if not the best. Yeah, um, Jeff Allen, but they, they look yeah, but you got it, you got it, you got to get the job done, and I think they'll do it. I, I think, I think they're ready for a challenge. Um, it's a lot of young guys, which is sometimes scary. But in this situation, what gives me confidence is one, Brett Veach and Andy Reid, they know what they're doing. Yeah, but the guys that are backing them up, I know they're good football players too. Yeah, yeah. I know we can say whatever we want about the Super Bowl. That was one game. Those guys, you know, you know, they have moments throughout their careers where they're good football players. They've been out. And the fact that these young guys beat them out should tell you, you know, yeah. you're good enough to get the job done. So I'm excited to see what they do um, in real life action. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, as a defensive lineman, like I said before, you have uh, a tendency to underestimate. Guys. Like a lot of times when I'm seeing a line of rookies, I'm yeah. thinking, hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's You know, I'm today on Clowney and Miles Garrett. I'm thinking that's a bunch of rookies. Yeah. You know, like you're going to give them respect in the media. But. In the back of your head, you're thinking, I've played a lot better than these guys. I'll be fine. And that's where you don't want to be. Uh, so I like that for those guys. I think it's good. They don't have to worry about crowd noise. They can come out there. They can gel. They can talk to each other. Yep. Uh, and, and this is this is a good group. you got a lot of smart guys in there. That, you know, you're right. We'll talk about that through the year goes on, the impact that those guys that aren't on the field but have a lot of experience out there, how that impact on these young guys, Definitely. Uh, how important that is. Um, all right, Big Jeff, here we go. Week one, baby. Chiefs Kingdom, we'll see you out there Sunday, and then we'll see you back here next Wednesday for another episode on One on One. We love you guys. Enjoy the game. Big Jeff, love you, brother. Love you too, brother. Let's go, Chiefs. Get a good one. <laughs>